Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, good afternoon. Here on Listen Up. Still a couple days left before we have a resumption of the NBA season. The resumption of the NBA season will not include Nate McMillan. He is out as Hawks head coach. We got uh, spring training beginning, if you can freaking believe that, which just goes to show you, man, you know, you go from the Super Bowl and then you're like, oh, my gosh, you got the NBA All-Star game, nothing going on. Then you're like, well, you know, you got a little baseball if you're into that. and You got March Madness that's coming up around the corner. So, you know, we got some things going on. And, of course, golf with the uh, reemergence of Tiger Woods over the weekend. So we got a couple of things going on. All right. I want to hear from you. Hit your hand icon. What do you want to talk about today? Not a lot going on. I mean, there really isn't. But what do you want to talk about? 25 games left for the Sacramento Kings. What do you think they're going to end up? Out of the 25 games, what do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to be close to 500, above 500, or below 500? What do you think? All right. What do you think you're going to do? All right, hit me up. I want to hear from you. We can talk about a number of things, uh, anything else that's going on. I did a, a rant today on Myers Leonard being back in the NBA. Uh, you know, of course, the NBA has got to make a statement out and talk about all the great things that Meyer, Myers Leonard's been doing. But in my uh, rant today, you know, I didn't hear any statement from the NBA after Draymond Green used a racial slur at Kendrick Perkins. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. I mean, it's unbelievable to me. I mean, it, it really is. It's just they pick and choose, you know, what they want to do, when they want to do it. Uh, it's a joke. It really is. You know, I was going to, I'm, I'm going to do a podcast on this coming up. But is there any, is there a, a sports commissioner right now that you look at and you go, wow, that, that, that guy's really good, really doing a good job. I mean, it's not Rob Manford. Sure as hell ain't Roger Goodell, is it? Right? I mean, is it? Who Who is the commissioner in the NBA right now that you're going, oh, wow, Adam Silver? Gary Bettman? Probably Gary Bettman, but, you know, a lot of people don't really follow the NHL that closely, so they don't know. Here's what all four sports commissioners – do have in common. They're all woke as hell, right? They're all woke as hell. You had Adam Silver, right? And everything that he's done, woke, 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 woke. You had Rob Manfred, excuse me, move the all-star game out of Atlanta to Denver. 
You got Roger Goodell, who is the captain of woke. I mean, that's the one thing they all have in common, I will tell you that. The NBA, to me, is a rudderless league right now, and I really mean that. It's a joke. It, it really is. That's how I see it. All right, if you want to get in on the program, hit me up again. Uh, Nate McMillan is out as head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. You know, the Hawks, from what I understand, and again, I'm not there, but Trey Young's not the easiest guy in the world to coach. And I look at the Atlanta Hawks, who two years ago, Nate McMillan took all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And the Hawks right now are eighth at 29 and 30. They've lost six of 10, so they make the change at the break. All right, Boston and Milwaukee are basically tied. Then you have Philadelphia. Then you have Cleveland. In the West, Denver's going to win the West unless Jokic gets hurt. Memphis is going to be second unless Morant gets hurt. Then you have Sacramento, the Clippers, Phoenix, Dallas, New Orleans, Minnesota, Golden State, and Oklahoma City. But what a, what a schedule for Sacramento coming out of the gate. Portland at the Clippers, two games at Oklahoma City. Don't don't forget about the Thunder just yet. Their biggest issue is they have four games with the Phoenix Suns to play. And I think the Suns are going to be one of those teams that take off here. They're already playing better. They won seven of ten. And that's 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 going to be an issue. The Suns. Clippers, I don't know about now with Russell Westbrook and everything else. With them, it depends on health. Dallas has lost three in a row. I could see them not doing well. New Orleans, we don't know about Williamson. Minnesota, they're going to get Cat back. Golden State, what about Curry? You know, all those teams have questions. You know, I've talked about this, and I continue to talk about this. The one thing you do not want if your Sacramento is to be out of the top six, because you do not want to be in a play-in against the Lakers or the Warriors. That's not a scenario that's going to be very attractive. I I can see the Lakers sneaking into the play-in. They're, what, two games back right now. That would not be a team you'd want to play in a single-game elimination. Same thing with the Warriors, who are currently ninth. You do not want to face them in a single-game elimination if Steph Curry's on the floor. That's not a recipe for success. It really isn't. So, you know, when we talk about all these games being super important for the Kings and all these other teams in the West, it's not a cliche. One game could be the difference between being in a best-of-seven and playing the Warriors for a chance at survival. That's not, that's not a recipe for success. It really isn't. And again, Sacramento, they got a brutal schedule. One of the toughest schedules in the league remaining. And it begins against Portland, which that's not going to be any picnic. And I still don't know who the real Sacramento Kings are. So you got Portland at home. Then you're at the Clippers the next night. Two games at Oklahoma City. And you come home and play the Clippers again. That's a brutal five-game stretch coming out of the gate. 
really difficult. Another interesting five-game stretch. When you're at Phoenix, home Milwaukee, at Chicago, at Brooklyn, at Washington. Then you have this five-game stretch, which could be an absolute killer. Boston at home, Phoenix at home, Utah at home, Minnesota. Then it's five and six, two games at Portland. All right? Then your final five games of the season, and I'm mixing a match in here. San Antonio at home, at New Orleans, if you have Williamson back, that's going to be interesting. At Dallas, who could be fighting for a playoff spot. Home Golden State could be fighting for a playoff spot. And at Denver, which probably will be a meaningless game. So, you know, you'll probably get Denver in the final game of the year not playing anybody. So, got to keep that in mind. All right, hit me up. I want to hear from you. Raise your hand, uh, and we will do this. All right? Again, you've got NBA action with the Kings and the Blazers to start the second half of the season, and then a back-to-back against the L.A. Clippers. I don't know what to get from the Clippers. I don't, I don't know what to expect from them. I honestly don't. I really don't even know what to think about with the Clippers. I don't know if they're going to be like a team that's going to really be the team that we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. Or, you know, is Paul George only going to be playing when he wants to play? Is Kawhi Leonard not playing all the time? I mean, who knows what to expect from the L.A. Clippers? I know when you look at their roster on paper, you're like, wow, they're really good. Right? You're like, wow, that team's good. And then you, you watch them and you're like, well, this guy's not playing. That guy's not playing. He's not playing. Well, he's not playing. You know, I don't understand that part. I really don't. You know, when you look at the Clippers, they don't, pl- they, you know, they don't play until they play Sacramento. So the Kings open up at Portland. And that's not always good. That's a long layoff. You may not be getting the best version of the Clippers on that second night of a back-to-back. That's a long time off uh, between games. So we'll see. All right. Hit me up. I want to hear from you. All right. What do you want to talk about today? Not a lot going on in the sports world. Getting McMillan out as the head coach. Uh, NFL, we got free agency talk, obviously. What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? What's going to happen with Derek Carr? What's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? Right? We do have some things that we can go over in the National Football League. But I want to hear from you. All right? Tomorrow, Jerry Reynolds. We'll talk about what we can expect in the second half. That's over on my YouTube channel at 3 o'clock. And then I'll be coming on right after that here uh, on Listen App. I'll tell you one thing, though, folks. These 25 games for the Kings are going to be pretty darn exciting. When's the last time you had this type of excitement after the All-Star break? It has been a long, long while. All right, let's say hello to Jeff. He'll be at our leadoff man on this Tuesday. Jeff, how are you? I'm good, Grant. Following the good buddy, the tags, uh, you know, the what do you call that, NFL, the, the tags? Yeah, the franchise tags. Franchise tags. And tried to get the difference between the two different franchise tags, I guess, one is one you can sign, uh, put it on, and then if they get 
uh, if they get picked up by somebody else, you get two first round draft choices. Uh-huh. And then and the other one you got with a same salary or within the top was top, top five average. Right. Top five. Yep. So that being said, what do you think your Giants gonna do with Saquon Barkley and Jones? Keep them both? Or or is one of them gonna get the tag? So what do you think? I think that they'll I think if it comes down to one or the other, I think they would keep Jones and let Barkley go. Very interesting. You know, they're one of those teams that when you look at last year and you look at what those two players did for their success, uh, it certainly would not be ideal. I would always, always take quarterback over a running back. I think the, I mean, look at, look at Ezekiel Elliott. If you want to talk about, you know, right. a, a team, right. right. That paid a lot for their quarter uh, for their running back. And, you know, he, there's a lot of thought that he won't even be on the team next year. So, you know, I, I always look at the position quarterback, obviously the most important position in the NFL. We know that uh, I think Jones is going to be there, whether it's tagged or not. I don't know. You know, I, I, who the hell knows, but I, I'd be very surprised if Daniel Jones is not the quarterback of the giants next year. I really would. I'd be very surprised. I know the trend now in the NFL is with these running backs and picking them in the fourth, fifth, even like yep. Kansas City, this Pacheco was seventh round pick, and he, yep. he goes on the Super Bowl, starts, and I think he was the leading rusher, you know, for the game. And uh, so, have you? I mean, isn't that interesting? To like you just said, Elliot would probably is going to become the one of the last big, big playing, you know, big salary for a running back. It seems like the trend is that they're only good for three, four years, and then they. They move on. Well, again, I would not – I'd be very skeptical about giving Saquon Barkley, you know, big-time money. I really would. And I'm not so sure what he's going to get from other teams uh, if he's not on the Giants. Now, you know, there's a report out there that Daniel Jones has switched agents. I don't care. You know, I don't, I don't really care who his agent is. I think the rumor of $45 million a year is ridiculous. I think it's just right. that. I mean, he's not a $45 million a year quarterback. Just like Dak Prescott's not a $40 million a year quarterback. I mean, at some point, you know, you, you got to be careful with the salary cap. You cannot overspend for a player. Like, look at Deshaun Watson. He's counting yeah. for 25% of the Cleveland Browns' total uh, salary. That's ridiculous. It's absurd. I was just, just going to bring that up. That's kind of ruined. That's kind of ruined the market now. And everybody wants his money. Like, Lamar Jackson wants that money. And the Ravens are just saying no. And... That you know, they basically offered him 133 or 135 guaranteed, and now they're saying that's an you know, all the news channels are saying that's an insult, you know. But the Browns were just desperate, what they did was a desperate move, and then, and then they've screwed up what they've done is screwed up the whole market now. Well, here was they've also screwed up their team because they don't have any money to go fix the team that you know. You know, that that's the other issue. If you're a quarterback and you're making that much money and you walk into the locker room, you know, everyone knows what you're making. And then they're also going, well, we need this and we need that, but we can't do this and we can't do that. And I can't get mine. And the guy next to me can't get his because they're paying you all that money. It's not the best situation for a harmonious locker room. It really isn't. I know it's a business and you get what you can get, but 
you know, there's been Tom Brady's stories, you know, quarterbacks that take less so right. that you can go out and fix other aspects of your team. How are you going to do that with one player making 25% of your total salary? Can't do it. No, it's impossible. Impossible. Okay, well, look forward to listening to you. What, Thursday night is the next game? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. You and you and yep. Ryan are doing a fantastic job. I'm telling you, Ryan Thank you. Is really, Ryan's really coming into his own. I'm really, really impressed with his uh, – he's really made up a bunch – just he's really coming into his own. Really impressed well, with it's his. Well, it's called it's called reps. Uh, you got to have talent to begin with, and I thought he had that. And then right. after that, it's just like reps. The more you do, the better you get. That's true of everything in life. I mean, that's not true of my golf game. That's not true of my golf game, but it's supposed to be. But yeah, and then the other bummer this weekend was the Indy Five Hundred. That ends in a yellow flag. I don't Daytona, know eight, Daytona, Daytona Five Hundred. Yeah, the Daytona 500. Excuse me. It's a little bit of a difference, uh, Jeff. Yeah, I know. I my screw up. I'm sorry. Daytona 500 ends in a yellow flag, and they're just. They always end like, in yellow flags. They're driving like madmen. <laughs> I don't know why anybody would watch that anymore. I mean, you can. I can tell you what's going to happen next year at the Indy 500. Okay, there's going to be a crash on the last lap. And they're going to end the race going 50 miles an hour. You know, it happens all the freaking time. It's a joke. I don't I understand it. All right, Grant. Well, you have a hell of a day. You too, bud. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I didn't even watch the Daytona 500 because I already know what's going to happen. I don't know who's going to win, but I know how it's going to end, right? They're going to be racing balls out at the end. There's going to be an accident. The caution flag's going to come out. They're either going to finish the race that way. I mean, then they're going to have a one, one lap sprint or whatever. You know, it's a joke. It really is. There's no separation from the cars. You know, I don't I don't get it. I really don't. All right, hit me up. What do you want to talk about today? All right. We'll do that right here. Uh, listen up. Again, Jerry Reynolds tomorrow coming your way uh, at 3 o'clock. What's going to happen in Atlanta? Who's going to be the head coach? Thank goodness for Jacques Vaughn getting a multi-year extension. So happy for him. He's such a great guy. I know Jacques because... Uh, he and Scott Pollard were best men in each other's weddings. And um, it was about five years ago, I went to Kansas for the All-Star break uh, with my wife. And after the Kansas game, we were at a restaurant in Lawrence with Nick Collison, uh, Scott Pollard, and Jacques Vaughn was there. And I was sitting next to Jacques who at the time was an assistant with Brooklyn. And it's the first time I had spoken to him, really. And we chatted for well over an hour about everything. And he's he just a phenomenal guy. And I'm very, very happy for his success. He's going to be the head coach, or at least he's under contract through the 26-27 season. You know, they were going to go out and hire Ime Yudoka, right? And that didn't happen because of Kyrie Irving and what he was dealing with. It was too much for the organization to handle. And Sean Mark said, quote, Jock has made an immediate and immeasurable impact on our entire organization since assuming the role of head coach earlier this season. Yeah, no kidding. All right. Should have, he should have been the man immediately. 
So I'm very happy, very happy for Jock Vaughn. All right, again, what do you want to talk about today? Open Forum Wednesdays tomorrow, but we can even go that way today since nothing's going on in the sports world for all intents and purposes. So we can talk about whatever you want. Uh, Giannis, by the way, you know, we did mention this yesterday, you know, about his sprained ligament in his wrist. They don't think it's too serious, all right? But he's going to miss some action. Be interesting to see if he's back when he plays in Sacramento. I think that's, what, March 14th? So he can return once the pain subsides. I would believe, I would think he'd be okay by then. I really would. All right, let's get to uh, some more phone calls, and uh, we say hello to Waggus. Waggus, how are you? Good, Grant. How are you doing? I'm good, buddy. All right, so kind of like an open form question. Uh, you know, I was wanted to ask you this because um, because I've seen you, you know, over the years. You know, you were kind of mentoring Doug at the time, and now Ryan. So you know, and obviously you've been doing this for a while now, announcing. So, in your opinion. What's more important, though, talent or reps or a person's effort? Like the one thing that you have to have that can, if you don't have the other, that can compensate for it. Uh, I think in broadcasting, uh, talent is one, uh, reps is two. Um, I, I don't think it really matters how many reps you have if you're not talented. Just like it really wouldn't matter how much you practice in sports if you don't have a degree of talent that can get you at least to where you need to be. Right. So okay. I've always thought talent. Um, I, I think that's a great question, by the way, talent to me and then reps. I've, I've always felt that way. Okay. Could you become a good broadcaster with minimal talent and a lot of reps and a lot of coaching? Yes, you could, but boy, it's a hell of a lot easier if you have the basics to start with. Yeah, I mean, you know, the reason why I ask that question is because in life, you know, a couple of these people that have been successful on normal jobs, they've said you always have to have have to have the ability of executing. But I guess in the sports yes. world or, you know, when you're talking about, you know, something of because obviously, you know, Grant, like announcers, not everybody can announce. Right. It, it's a high skill job. Correct. Right. So. Correct. So I, I think when it comes to that, yeah, you're right. you got to have some talent. But, you know. The same can be said this. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't execute, you, you'll never make it. So, The one thing you must have in this business, and I always talk to kids about this when I, when I go to schools, you have to have the ability to make up a story. When I mean make up, not manufacture, but you have to have the ability to take some thoughts and put them together in a story-like format. You have to have what you need to ad lib and and i will say this in all defense to katie katie christensen yeah. she doesn't know how to ad lib yeah. she used to write everything down before she went on the air word for word and i i went up to her once i go why are you doing that why don't you just write a few bullet points down and practice talking so that if you talk 10 times your words are going to be different all 10 times she used to literally sit in a corner and read word for word for word before she went on the air. And I would go, just, just get an idea of what you want to talk about and say it. And she couldn't do it. And I've always felt if you cannot, if you cannot ad lib, 
you are going to be very restricted in this business as a broadcaster. You must know how to ad lib. And by ad lib, I mean, it's as simple as taking, you can take three or four bullet points and then you can make it happen. Like for me, when I do my, when I used to do my ads on the radio station and even now to a degree, I never had a script in front of me, never. You know, if I was talking about the home theater company or the diamond and gold vault or whatever, I would only have a few like things in front of me, like what their website was, what their location was. Uh, if they had a special sale, maybe I would write that down, but I would, I would make it up as I went along. And if you listen to me on Tuesday, the commercial will sound completely different than it did on Monday as it did on Wednesday. Or, you know, I would always ad lib. I would always practice that. And as a kid, I used to go into my room and ad lib game stories. So I would watch a game. I would know what I wanted to talk about. I might write down, gee, this guy had 34 points on, you know, 15 of 19 from the line or whatever, you know, or that's the only thing I would write down and that would make it up. And I would practice that over and over again. And it's really worked out well for me. And I've always talked to other broadcasters about this. The, 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 the good broadcasters in, that you see doing games, when they come on before the game and you see what they call their scene set, they're not reading. Yeah. They're just making it up as they go along because they're ad-libbing everything. You have to be able to ad-lib in this business. And then when the game starts, it's all ad-lib. Everything. Well, of course. Of course. Okay, so so I didn't know. So so, so were you ever mentoring Kitty as well when you guys were working together? Or No, okay. I did not. Okay. I did okay. not. She needs to be mentored. And right. yet, um, unfortunately, uh, NBC Sports California doesn't have anybody in the entire organization that knows anything <laughs> about broadcasting. So yeah, she can't true. be mentored by any. We we used to have a guy that worked for the Kings. His name was Craig Amazine. Yep. Craig was the director of broadcasting, was probably the most talented person I've ever worked with uh, in terms of understanding the broadcast business. He would even call me in and tell me things. And Craig and I used to have um, great conversations about broadcasting, about all kinds of different broadcasters that we knew. And he was great. And he worked a lot with the broadcasters, he would be great for Katie because he wouldn't care about hurting her feelings. He right, would call her in right. and he would say, Katie, and he would put her games up on the screen and he would say, okay, this is what we have to work on. This is what you need to do. And then he would call her in the next, I mean, if he were, the, if he were the director of broadcasting right now, the broadcast would be, could not be worse. They could only be better because he has a unbelievable understanding of what it takes to make a really good broadcast. He had he had won several Emmys. You know, he's really talented. NBC Sports California, there's not one person, not one, and trust me on this when I say this, there's not one person in that building that has any idea about broadcasting, none. Now, they, the, the producer and the director of the Kings games the director is one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. And his name is Mike Bird. Mike, though, his job is to direct the game. In other words, he decides how the game is going to be cut and what you look. So, you know, if you see a crowd shot or you see a close up or whatever, that's his job. The producer, he's in charge of, you know, putting it all together, but he doesn't understand broadcasting. He's very good at what he does, but he couldn't come up to me and tell me anything about my job because he doesn't know anything about my job. The people behind the scenes at NBC Sports California, 
that I know that I work with, I used to laugh at them that they knew so so little about broadcasting and yet they were in the broadcasting business. So, you know, I, could I mentor her? I sure as hell could. Could I make her a much better broadcaster? 100%. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. I believe I can make a lot of people better broadcasters because I study it and I've been studying it since I was a kid. So I really believe in that area, I could help out a lot of broadcasters. As a matter of fact, I know I could. I've done it before. But, I mean, little things. Like, you could probably ask Ryan. He'd probably be the first one to tell you. I heard Ryan on his first podcast. And I said, Ryan, I said, you need more energy. I said, you need to talk. I said, this is how you get energy when you broadcast. Make believe you're talking to somebody that's across the room from you. He's like, oh, okay. And now it's much better. Okay. Little things. Just something as simple as that. Energy. Okay. How do you get energy? Just make believe you're talking to somebody across the room. Little tips like that. I mean, and I have hundreds of tips like that. I'm not, I'm not conceited. I'm not trying to be, oh, look at me. I'm just saying I've studied broadcasting my whole life. NBC Sports California does have one person in their walls that knows anything about broadcasting. It's embarrassing. I know I work there. When I mean I work there, I didn't work for them. I work with them, and it's they 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 don't know what the hell they're doing. It's a joke. I used to I used to I used to all the time. You know, I don't know if you ever watched the Kings pre halftime and post game at home games, right? They do the same thing for the Giants. I used yeah. to say to the the head of I used to get in arguments with them. I go, why do you have your talent with fans behind them acting like asses with making funny faces, giving the finger with stupid <laughs> signs. Yeah. I said, I said, you have, I said to them, I go, you got the nicest arena in the NBA. Turn your talent around and have the arena as your background. And then when you come in and out of commercials, show the crowd, let them wave acting like idiots. And then you go to the, announcers and you don't have anything behind them but a beautiful arena i said why do you have the fans behind your talent live well that's what that's what they do that's what it looks good i go no it doesn't look good it looks horrible and here's the other thing i used to get in arguments with them all the time people are not listening to your talent they're watching the idiots acting yeah. like clowns behind your announcers yeah. i go it is broadcasting one oh one, do not have a live audience behind your talent. It is the stupidest thing in broadcasting. But guess what? When you turn on a Kings game now, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't watch it, but they have the idiotic, stupid yeah. fans behind the talent. Correct? Am I correct? Yes, you are. 100%. Okay. And, and, and what are you doing when you're watching? You're not really paying attention to what the talent is saying. You're watching the idiots act like clowns behind the announcers. People that are inebriated, right? People that are, yeah. hey, look at me, mom, <laughs> yeah. mom, look at me, dad, look at me. Oh, let me let me, oh, let me make a face. Let me act like an idiot. And while your talent is breaking down the first half of the game, you're not paying attention because you're looking at the idiot who's acting like a clown behind them. Again, it's called Television 101. The people at NBC Sports California, they have no idea, zero idea about broadcasting. And I used to tell them all the time. All the time, I used to tell them how how stupid that was. So, so okay, so I guess maybe I misunderstood. So you never had a say so in that whole broadcast. Never, never. Huh. Nope. But nope. but why is that though? I mean, if you're the because they don't want to get better because everyone thinks that they know what they're doing. 
Everyone thinks they their idea is the best way. And I used to go, okay, fine. Have it your way. You know, whatever. I go, okay. no one really watches the pregame or postgame anyway. Very few people watch that because the, 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 the people that are talking aren't very good. So very few people watch that anyway. But if you did watch it, you would be like, you're not really paying attention to what they're saying because you're you're distracted by all the idiots in the crowd behind the talent. Right. So, so Grant, when I was a little kid, when I would when I would watch you on UPN, um, that was a little different, right? So, I mean, did you have any say so over that, or it was just? Um, well, yeah, I, I had say so over whatever I wanted to put on the air in my sportscast, and I again, I had lived everything. I my my I used to, my, you'll you'll appreciate this. Yeah. So. My director at the time, his name was Michael Odino. Mike ended up being one of my best friends, still is to this day. And it's one of the most talented people I've ever worked with. He ended up doing the Padres. He right now does the um, Detroit Pistons and the Detroit Tigers as their producer. He's great. He's really good. Again, he's the best guy I ever worked with. And so the first time I, you know, you have to hand in scripts. Right. 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 So I handed in my script and my script was like, for instance, let's say the Giants were playing the Dodgers. This is what my script would say. Now, everybody else has got everything that they're going to say written down word for word on their TV script. Here's my script. Intro Giants Dodgers. And then on the left, there's a there's a margin on the left of your TV script where you have to give instructions of what you want. So I put roll uh video okay meaning and so mike's looking at my scripts he goes snapes i have no idea where you want me to start the video i go mike when i tell you let me take you to dodger stadium roll the video he goes snapes i have no idea when you want me to end the video i go when mike when i say and that makes it four to two and the final score was stop the video i go he goes snapes i knew you need to write down the script i go i don't write scripts i don't write what i'm going to say you need to listen to what I'm going to say, and you're going to be fine. When I say, let me take you to New York, roll the video. When I say, I'll tell you when to roll the video. I'll, if I'm doing the game, I'll go, all right, Dallas won today, blah, blah, blah. Roll it from Big D. Roll the video. All you need to do is listen to me. So Mike used to, and Mike got the hang of it. He used to li listen. So I would hand in five or six different scripts with, with blank pieces of paper, okay? <laughs> and all it would say would be, you know, Giants Dodgers intro and on the left, roll BTR, go to scoreboard, you know, and that's how I did it, you know, but I wasn't going to change how I announced just for the director. I told the director and again, Mike and I are truly best friends. We're like we're we're he's one of my best friends in life. And he used to laugh after a while. He was like, I got you, Napes. Just do your thing. I got you. And, but he, you know, it used to drive some people crazy uh, when he left Channel 31 and the new director came in. He was like, I can't do this. I'm like, yeah, you can do it. All you need to do is listen to me. Just listen. I'll walk you right through it. Just listen to me. You know? So again, everyone has their own style. Everyone has their own way of doing things. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, honestly, as a fan, you, you, you never, I mean, the way you describe that, it seems like there's a lot of work that goes into putting this together. I mean, you got to have everybody oh. ready. Okay. So let me tell you that you only hear me and you only used to hear me and Jerry, but the reality is the people in the truck are just as important as we are. Well, Maybe even more important because if they do a bad job, we're going to have a bad telecast. And I used to go home and watch the games very often because they were on replay. I didn't watch the whole game. But when I was watching the games, 
I'd be watching for two reasons. I'd be watching to hear what I was saying, and I'd also be watching how the game was cut and things of that nature. And I would make suggestions to them. Uh, I also told them, I go, hey, Bertie, I go, I got to tell you, I went home and watched the game. I can't even hear what Jerry and I are saying. The crowd noise is too loud. I used to always talk about this to the Raiders people. When I was doing the Raiders on TV, uh, I knew the radio engineer. And I said, hey, I'm not trying to tell you how you do your job. I said, but when I listen to Papa sometimes on Sundays, I can't even hear what he's saying half the time. You got the crowd mic up way too uh, much. And he didn't like uh, he didn't like it when I told him that. I said, hey, I'm just trying to give you my impression as a listener. If I can't hear what the play-by-play guy is saying, why am I listening to the game? You know, and I told Papa that a couple of times. I go, Papa, I go, you got the crowd up way too loud. You got to tell your engineer to turn it down. You know, little things like that. You know, I mean, I, I, why listen to a game on radio if you can't hear what the announcer is saying? There were times when you couldn't hear what Jerry and I were saying, even when the crowd was not making that much noise. You know, people think that the crowd noise, oh, you got to have a lot of crowd noise. Well, crowd noise embellishes what you're listening to and what you're watching. But if you can't hear what the announcer is saying, then it's too much. You know, it's like, to me, it's broadcasting one-on-one, little things like that. Yeah, but Grant, like, because because I've watched a lot of broadcasts of you, especially the Kings during the heyday, there would be times where you'd just be quiet, where, you know, the Kings made a great comeback and, and it was just a moment of the fans and, you know, everybody would get up and that's where you would just go quiet. Was that, yes. was that something you're just coming up in your head? Like, look, the fans... No, I learned that. No, this. no, no. No, no, no. I learned that from watching the very best in the business and... I learned that from talking to Marv Albert one night and Marv said, cause Marv was a great, 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 great radio announcer. His play by play still to this day is the best I've ever heard. But Marv told me once uh, we were having a conversation about the difference between TV and radio. And Marv said, well, you really judge more uh, by what you don't say on TV than what you do say. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, well, on TV, the crowd's a big part of the event and on big moments, the crowd needs to tell the story, not you. And I was like, wow. And I, I, so I learned that from talking to Marv, but you know, you learn a lot of things by listening and talking to people as you go away. The other problem with trying to make suggestions to people that have other jobs in the business is a lot of people in this business have big egos yeah. and they get offended or hurt when you tell them something. And my goal was to always have the best possible broadcast as you could have, period. And it, uh, the, the, the nice thing about the Kings, I worked with the same people for many, many, many years. And so there were no walls up. You know, we didn't have egos. We were all about having the best possible telecast that we could have. So it was fine when they would make suggestions to me and it was fine when I would make suggestions to them, even though we may not use the suggestions in practice, but we weren't bothered by the fact that we had that kind of uh, open dialogue. Not every not every broadcast team is like that because there were a lot of egos involved. Yeah, and, and especially these days. No, and I understand. All right, so last thing uh, is, uh, Katie, I mean, since we're talking about her, I mean, I, I know you work with her. I never heard, like, does she still keep in touch or is that she's in the same? I haven't talked to Katie. I haven't okay. talked to her in about two years. I, I like Katie a lot. Okay. Uh, she's a great person. I believe that Katie with good coaching could become a good broadcast, good broadcaster. 
I never thought Katie was a good broadcaster because she talks too much. In other words, right. what Katie, what Katie says in 60 seconds, she needs how to learn. She needs to learn how to say it in 30 seconds. That's my only complaint. She has very good knowledge. She knows what she's talking about, but she's right. not succinct enough. And I don't mean that really as being critical. I mean that as just, let's be honest. That's the way it is. I could take Katie and sit down with her in one hour in my heart. I know I can make her a better broadcaster. I know I could. And I would only have to show her five or six things and then say, okay, I want you to say what you just said there, but I want you to say it in 20 seconds instead of the 38 seconds that you said it. Break it down. Tell me exactly what you just said. I'm going to put a stopwatch on you. Go. You have 20 seconds. And I can Got make it. her, in my opinion, a much better broadcaster. Yeah. And and in my opinion right now, and and, 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 and maybe you can mention somebody else, but right now I, I've seen Lisa's, um, I believe Lisa Salter on NBA. Uh, Lisa NBC. Salters, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I think she's really good or, you know. I, mean, I do too. I think she's excellent. Okay. All right. No, no, Grant, this is good conversation. And uh, hopefully I, I got another question for you, but let's save that for tomorrow. <laughs> Open for Sounds good, buddy. All right. Thanks. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, you know, listen, I, I don't have all the answers, but when it comes to broadcasting, I believe I could help any broadcaster become better. I really do. And broadcasting is like anything else. If you don't have anybody telling you and teaching you, then you're only going to go so far. I, we, I used to love talking to other broadcasters about their approach to doing the job and things of that nature, and then watching and listening to broadcasters all over the country. Like I, I used to, I love, I love doing that. I absolutely love doing that. Let's get to Connor. Connor, welcome to the program. How are you today? Doing good, Grant. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, that was a great conversation about broadcasting. I mean, that's one of the things that I'm thinking of pursuing is either being a talk, like 
talking about sports and stuff or broadcasting, but I think I'm leaning towards more of like your radio show kind of thing instead of announcing yep. games. All right. Well, I'll tell you right now, your your knowledge is through the roof. Your content is through the roof. Your understanding of sports is through the roof. But if you're going to do what I do, you need more energy. All right. You need more inflection in your voice. You need more volume. You need to be louder and you need to have by inflection, you know, you need to go kind of like a, a man playing a piano or a lady playing a piano. There's the, you know, there's the, the keys on the left, which are low. And then on the right, it's much louder and there's got to be a mix, right? It's like a melody. You, your knowledge and your, your understanding of sports is a plus, plus, plus your energy is not anywhere near an A, but it doesn't matter because you're just a caller on my show. So you don't really need energy. But if you're going to then flip and do what I'm doing, you're not going to have a lot of people listening to you. And I say this in all due respect to you because I respect the hell out of you. You're not going to have a lot of people listening to you because you're going to put them to sleep, even though you have great knowledge and a phenomenal understanding of sports. But you have to captivate them and you captivate people with your voice. Your voice the way you speak to me is not captivating. You could do it, but you would need someone like me to listen to your work and you'd have to be open to my criticism to make you better. I could make you better, okay? I could make you, I could make you a broadcaster because you already have all the things that you need, okay? And you also are very good and succinct in making your point. You don't run on. You make your point in a very effective way. If you're going to go into broadcasting where you're talking to people, you need more energy. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, I heard you talk to Ryan, the tip about talking to someone like they're across the room. And I think yes. I'll definitely take that into consideration and see if that works out. Yes. Okay. And, and, and something else you just did. And I talked to Ryan about this because Ryan had a bad habit. He doesn't do it anymore. You have a tendency to trail off at the end of your sentences just like you did there, okay? Do not trail off at the end of your sentences. The end of your sentences are just as important as the beginning of your sentences. And you were not even aware what you do. You trail off, meaning volume, at the end of your sentences, okay? You don't, you don't, don't trail off at the end of your sentences. The end of your sentences, I wanna hear just like the beginning of your sentences. And I, Ryan used to do that. I said, Ryan, I want you to go back. I want you to listen to the podcast you just put out. And I want you to listen to the end of your sentences. And he's like, oh, wow, Napes, I didn't even realize that. Now he doesn't do that anymore. Little things like that. So when you speak, and again, you're not even aware of it, but you do this a lot. Your end of your sentences, you go from like your beginning of your sentence on a scale of one to 10, volume being a 10, you might be a six, okay? But at the end of your sentences, you're like a two. You're like down here. Don't trail off at the end of your sentences. You understand? You have a bad habit of doing that. And I guarantee you, you're not even aware that you do that. Yeah, it's great to know. I mean, I'll obviously try to work on that. I mean, we can just talk about what I have today and maybe you can like grade yeah. me at the end and see if I'm any better sure. at all. Well, you're, 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 what you just, your response to me right there was 100% better with your, with your volume and your energy. So right there, the way you just talked to me, if you're going to get into broadcasting, that's a start. Yeah, that's good news. So what I wanted to talk about today was obviously Nate McMillan getting fired. I mean, 
obviously the Hawks aren't where they wanted to be at the beginning of the year. I mean, Trey Young's not even an all-star. So I mean, right. do you think that was the right decision to move on from him? I always know this from my experience of being with the Kings. There's always things that are going on behind the scenes, Connor, that you're not aware of. And so if they fired Nate McMillan, they did it for good reason because they felt that they were at a roadblock and the rest of the season is still salvageable. Just like what Nate did a couple of years ago when he came in and resurrected that franchise and took them all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. They feel they have the talent there. They made the big deal with San Antonio. They have a dynamic backcourt. They have John Collins. They have some other pieces. They feel that they can move up in the standings to the top six. So if they fired Nate McMillan, yes, I feel that it was it was necessary. But again, I would only say this from my own experience. What looks to be appear on the surface very often is not behind the scenes. And generally speaking, when teams fire a coach, it's for very good reason. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. And then I saw how the Kings were kind of connected to the news. So I saw that Jordy Fernandez was one of the guys that they may be looking to hire. I mean, obviously, right. he's a big part of the Kings' success and stuff. I mean, do you think that would be a major loss in the middle of the season? Or do you think, like, an assistant coaching position – isn't like as valuable I, as it seems. I think it would be, a, uh, I don't know if I would say it was a major loss. I think it would be definitely a significant loss in the middle of the season with 25 games left. I, I don't think that's anything that Mike Brown wants to deal with. You can't hold a coach back if he has an opportunity to become a head coach, but that would not be good for the Kings. That would not be good. Yeah. And then the last thing, since there's not much going on in the sports world today, I mean, I just kind of wanted to talk about, I mean, how excited I am. And obviously, I'm sure a lot of the fans share the same opinion as me. I mean, the Sacramento Kings are in a playoff race with 25 games to go. I mean, I just have to repeat that because, I mean, my whole childhood, my whole life, I haven't been able to say that. So, I mean, it's really yep. interesting. It's incredible. I yep. can finally witness, like, important games in the end of the season. All right. And you, what you just said to me, uh, your grade went up significantly in your energy, your sentences not trailing off. That's the that so you just worked on it and you sounded much better right there. As I said, your content is A plus. Yeah, and you know what? Good for you. I'm happy for the people of your generation. I really mean that. I'm so happy for your generation that you're going to get a chance to experience this. I wish you could have experienced this at the old Arco Arena because there was really nothing like that in the league. And the Golden One Center will never be able to duplicate. Arco, but you're going to, you, you and everyone else that's your age, you I'm happy for you all. So, hey, good call today. Uh, I appreciate it. Work on those things. I'll help you along the way. All right. Yeah. Thanks for all the tips. I really appreciate it. I'll keep working on it. All right. There you go. Appreciate it. All right. You just trailed off when you said you'll just keep working on it. You trailed off there. Don't trail off on your sentences. All right. And your sentences on a high note. It's the end of a sentence. Doesn't have to be the end of your volume. All right. Consistency. Energy. Beginning of your sentences, middle of your sentences, end of your sentences. End of a sentence doesn't mean end of sentence. Let's trail off. No, it doesn't mean that. It means keep going. All right. That happens a lot to broadcasters. And again, Ryan would not mind me telling him that. I guarantee he probably would be okay with me sharing the story. But I... I listened to his first podcast that he put out a couple of months ago. And that's one of the first things I said to him. I said, I want you to listen to the end of your sentences and then get back to me. 
So they're little things. And a lot of times you're not even aware that you're doing this. It's just, I always look for and listen and watch all of these things. I think it's very important. Tony Romo has a very bad habit of doing that also. Tony Romo at times trails off where you can't even understand what he is saying. And I don't understand how the folks at a network are not working with him on that constantly. It's a bad habit that he has. Very bad habit that he has. All right, if you want to join me, hit your hand icon, raise your hand, uh, and we will uh, put you right up on stage. And I would also say this, not every broadcaster is a high energy broadcaster. It doesn't mean that you can't be successful. Gary Gerald is not a high energy broadcaster. He's not. Gary, we have different styles. Not everyone is the same. You can still be an excellent broadcaster without being high energy. Kevin Harlan, for instance, is high, high energy. He's one of the very best. Okay? Right? When you think of Kevin Harlan, what do you think about? You think about his energy. Right? You think about, wow, Gus Johnson. What do you think about with Gus? Through the roof energy. Correct? When you listen to Jim Nance, you wouldn't say, wow, gee, he's Kevin Harlan and Gus Johnson. He has a completely different style, right? Different, very effective, but completely different. So you don't want everyone to be the same. And I always tell broadcasters this, Peter King, I share the story that Peter King, when he was on my radio show at Old KSAC 1240 in Sacramento, In 1994, I interviewed Peter King, back then of Sports Illustrated. And at the end of the interview, on the air, Peter said, Grant, you mind if I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. He goes, because you've been doing TV for a long time. Uh, They're thinking of using me on TV. Do you have any advice for me? And I said, yes, be yourself. Don't let them change who you are. Don't let coaches come in and make you into somebody you're not. Be Peter King. And he's like, wow, Grant, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. And now think about what Peter's done with his television career, right? He's been on NBC Football Night in America on Sunday nights and everything else. So I would tell that to Connor. Connor, you're not going to be me, all right? You're not going to be Kevin Harlan. You have to be you, and you have to fit your broadcasting style within your personality. You are never going to be a high energy broadcaster. Don't try to become Kevin Harlan or Grant Napier. Become Connor, but refine how you do it. All right. You can be the best that Connor can be without being Kevin Harlan and still be very effective and still have a lot of people that would be interested in listening to you. Don't become somebody that you're not. You must work your style around your personality. That's very important. All right, let's get to John. John, what's going on today? Grant, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, I'm good, man. How about yourself? Well, I'm trying to bring the energy, and I'm trying to enunciate properly. How is it going? (laughs) Energy is never a problem with you, John. I've never once gotten off a call with you and go, God, John doesn't have any energy today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it, it, it could happen from time to time. But, hey, we're all different, and the whole thing is, Connor, if Connor had a podcast, I'd listen to it because 
by now I know Connor's voice. I know his inflections. I know sure. the the pronunciation of his enunciation. So I recognize his voice. And the one thing about Connor, obviously, every single person points it out who's got a brain in their head. His knowledge is it's amazing through the roof. I don't know. It's hard to say second to none, but it, there's not. You know, it's, he's a, it's top shelf. So, yep. Hey, check it out. Especially yep. for being a twenty-year-old man, you know he's, and I'm not saying a ninth. I believe he's he's a youngster. He knows a lot, yep. and I commend you, Connor, for it. Absolutely commend you for it. I love I love hey, that. Man. You know, I've heard a handful of your stories over the years. You know, Peter King. Like I said, I think maybe I don't know a year ago. I said, man, you made Peter King, Grant. You made him. No, I did. No, 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 no. I did not make Peter King. I just gave him a little advice. Be yourself. Don't let people change you when you get into broadcasting. You, especially the networks, they want a certain look, certain image. Certain, I go, nope, Peter, it, it, be yourself. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but you need to be yourself. I know. I know that's the case. I was just, you know, joking, giving you, I, know. I don't know, more credit than you deserve, or I don't know, you deserve no, no. more credit. You deserve more credit in the broadcasting business than you have received. I'll, I'll say that right now. And, uh, you know, oh, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll stand by that one forever. I will stand by that one Thank forever. You. So I've really, uh, enjoyed the conversations, but on a different Saturday note, but listen, Grant and, uh, everybody listening kind of that are, I consider you guys, my family. I learned that my father passed away last week. So I've been a little bit, oh, I'm sorry, John. I might, be, I might be in and out a little bit, but I'd appreciate everybody's, uh, just positive thoughts, you know, Thank you, John. My prayers out to you and your family and my friend. Uh, uh, just we're thinking about you, my friend. We're thinking about you. My, and my, listen, my father would say life is for the living. He's told me this many times through death and certain circumstances. Life is for the living. So don't uh, don't cry for him. Granted, I've done my share of crying as a grown man and grown men do cry yep. at times. So. It's just I, just positive energy, no matter what it is, and and everything's going to be fine, and uh, life goes on. So I'm trying I'm trying to fight through it, and actually, Grant being able to talk to you right now is a little bit of venting for me, and I I consider you a friend. I know we've only met a handful of times, but uh, yep. I consider you a friend. I know you better than uh, uh, better in your heart than face to than by face than going out to dinner or uh, at king's games even I, so i know that you understand well, john, what i mean john we're, we're, yeah i know it. what you mean and i i know exactly what you're saying and i would just say that uh we're thinking about you buddy and uh you know sorry about your father but our prayers are to you and everyone else in your family and you take care okay thanks thank you very much grant and then um i'll be venting with some stories here and there about Fly yeah. to Dodger games and stuff when uh when it comes around and I I appreciate it Grant and I love all you Thank guys you. listening and just give me a little support and I'll be in and out but I appreciate I appreciate you Grant very much appreciate you John prayers going your Thank way you. all right well on that note why don't we end the show and uh, really entertaining today I really enjoy talking about broadcasting and everything else. So thank you very much. I'll be back tomorrow, 3 o'clock over on YouTube with Jerry Reynolds and Ryan and Sacktown, and then be back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Make it a good rest of the day. And thank you so much for being here on Listen App. Bye-bye.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.